back. All right, here we are. All right, episode we're here. nineteen, Coffee with Crime. I'm Lewis, and I'm Alexi. And uh, today we are, um, yeah, doing our nineteenth episode. We're coming on on our twentieth and final episode. We're going to be doing a mug giveaway, and we're going to be recording the episode live on our Facebook page. Yeah, so you'll I'm be able to about. see us and stuff. Mm-hmm. You'll be able That'll to see us in all of our <laughs> coffee, um, coffee crime. And, and crime. Um, and so, uh, like Lewis was saying, we're going to do a mug giveaway. So if you haven't done a review for us that's right. yet, definitely visit us on our Facebook page or on, you know, whatever podcast platform allows you to leave reviews. Right. And we're going to be doing a mug giveaway. That's right. Pretty cool. Very cool. Um, our coffee today brings us um, on the Oregon Trail all the way up to Portland. Uh, Oregon for the uh, Portland Coffee Roasters. It's self-explanatory. That's where they are, and that's what they do. And mm-hmm. I did not. I, I was after researching them. I'm very. I was very surprised. I hadn't heard of them before because they're. Um, v- they just have a lot going on. Um, shout out to Mina, who is the director of marketing and communications over at Portland Portland Coffee Roasters, um, and she's the one that got back to our email and sent us um, two coffees. And uh, the cool thing, uh, the unique thing about today is that we've never had any iced coffee. So today will be our maiden voyage into the world of iced coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we taste these two different coffees, one iced and one hot, we're going to um, just learn a little bit about them as a company. They were founded in 1996 uh, by Mark Stell. He visited Rio de Janeiro and um, started thinking about coffee as a way to improve the lives of the people who live in the countries where it is produced. That is a common thing. Now in 1996, that wasn't really, you know, people weren't thinking about where coffee comes from and it wasn't really a specialty thing as much as it, as it is now back, you know, 24 years ago now. So, um, so, and that is reflected by, there were, um, this company was one of the first to do direct trade instead of fair trade, where in, instead of going through this brand that says, this is how much you should be paying for coffee. This is like fair according to global standards. Um, they started working directly with the farms, with the, the owners of the farms and the and these and these places where coffee is produced in places like Guatemala and well, you know, all over all over the um, world and and paying well above what fair trade was saying was the standard price, which is really cool. So fair trade is like this is fair, and they're like, well we're going to pay more than that because we can afford it and because we want to use, you know, the, the coffee production industry to be, you know, um, bringing economic good to, to these countries that are, that are in a lot of cases, um, you know, it's, it, they're, they're developing, they're, they're, uh, there's a lot of poverty. And so this, you know, the, the chance to work at a coffee farm is, is a great opportunity for a lot of people. And, and so paying more per pound is, is, a uh, something that, um, Portland Coffee Roasters was instrumental in early on. Um, sustainability, they've been uh, carbon neutral since 2007. They, they purchase a lot of um, like clean energy and they, and they, so they're, they basically offset their, their carbon imprint. Um, that way they have 
um, what's, let's see, a lot, uh, their, all of their organic uh, waste is composted, which is about 56 metric tons every year, <laughs> which is a lot of organic waste. Um, they have a bike rickshaw delivery system for delivering coffees around the, obviously they can't go way far, like out into, you know, other states with that, but they can deliver coffee from their plant to different places in downtown Oregon, uh, downtown Portland um, with, with the bike, which is, of course, is totally sustainable um uh and uh and they have a burlap uh i I like this i found this on their website the the burlap sacks that the coffee comes in um they they recycle those by just putting them outside of the um the delivery door like the 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 truck delivery door uh every thursday morning people are are welcomed through the website to just come and grab a burlap sack if they need one and it's kind of the honor system on the website it says like you know, don't take all of them, please. Right. But, but yeah, yeah, come and come and get a free burlap uh, bag. That's so, cool. So yeah, um, they're doing so much cool stuff. There's there's also a, a place on their website for if if you're doing any sort of community initiative or program in the Portland area, there's a whole part of the, their website where you can it just says contact us and you can you can independently say hey th- this is who we are this is what we're doing um we, we'd like to ask for a donation and so they they make that very clear that they're up for for donating to community things in the in the portland area and outside as well so that's really cool um couple cafe locations one of one unfortunately is closed due to the pandemic but one was a they were able to open pretty pretty quickly and, and take some precautions with that um is the other one is it closed permanently or is it going to reopen eventually do it, um it's closed until further notice oh okay yeah um and they also have a few cafe locations in the portland airport which oh, was, that cool. was cool usually you go yeah. to airports and there's just kind of like more of the standard starbucks you, you know, or whatever and all that yeah. stuff but they're they they've got a few different locations in there you know one inside of and, and outside yeah, of the, of the cool. uh, of I've never the been to that airport. I've I, always wanted to go to Portland, but I don't. I was thinking about. It. I don't think I've even been to yeah. Portland um, ever. I've been huh. close to it, but I've I've been to Bend, Oregon. I stayed with friends there one time in my little trip out west, but never. I don't think I went to Portland. Yeah, we should go there. Yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> the um, oh man, there's so much stuff that they're doing. But uh, you know what? Let's uh, before the coffee gets too uh, warm in one case or, or cold, cold in the other. <laughs> Um, I'm going to tell you what we've got here. The we've got the Swift Brew, which is the cold brew, and it's a uh, it's a medium roast. Um, and for for cold brew, since this is the first time we're doing it, I, I just wanted to talk really quickly about how you make it. Um, the simplest way is to have well the simplest way is to already have a french press which is you know if you don't have one that's not simple but as long as you have a french press if you do a coarse grind with the beans um it it really should be coarse because that gives this is a long extraction process it's not just hot water going through coffee going through a filter into a canister it's it's this long process where the water's cold it's in the refrigerator and the and the flavor is slowly slowly being extracted out of the um, grounds and so a coarse uh, a coarse grind makes it much better for that. So you ground, grind the coffee coarse. You put you know uh, there's differing measures depending on how much how strong you want the coffee to be. But you you fill um, you you put the coffee grounds in the bottom of the French press pot. You fill cold water all the way up the rest of the top away, and then you put the plunger just right above the surface. You know you so you don't you don't plunge the French press plunger down because that would that would keep you know the the water from like really getting saturated with the flavor but you leave it up like that which means you need a kind of a tall place in your refrigerator for it to stand because the the little um spindle that kind of goes up it 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 takes about like two feet of height in your refrigerator yeah um so (laughs) gotta take out a shelf yeah so um 
so yeah, you, you let it sit for about 12 to, you know, some people do 16 hours and then, and then you push the plunger down and then you, uh, brew the coffee and, and what you get is a very strong brewed cold brew coffee. And so what, what you do is you cut that, um, what with a one-to-one ratio with with cold water after you pour it out of the french press pot so that's um you you can you know if you like super super strong like espresso style cold uh cold coffee you can just drink it straight out of there too um especially if you're gonna put like cream in it or whatever for sure yeah that would be good and then what so that's the cold brew it's it's called the swift brew and then the uh the regular coffee that we brewed hot just right now is a guatemala light roast um so let us, without further ado, uh, try. Which one do you want to try first? Um, let's try the hot one first. Hot one first. All right, Guatemala, here we go. Right, cheers. To your health. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's very some, good. That's some good coffee. I really like this coffee, but it just... I, I know sometimes my definitions are pretty pretentious sounding, but this just tastes like good coffee to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just good, smooth coffee. It's good. I can't, what I'm are not the, getting what any. What are the notes? I well, will, don't tell me, but okay. what, do you know what they are already? It, it has two, two tasting <sighs> notes right here. You always cheat. <laughs> um, let's see if your palate is more refined than mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is not fun for our listeners because it's <laughs> Yo, just dead air. This would be better why? if it was a video. video. <laughs> um, I don't, man. Just what, like go with your gut. Brownies. Chocolate was, yes. was, one of the, <laughs> was one of the tasting notes. And the other one was raisin. I've oh. never seen that as a tasting I definitely note. don't taste the raisin. But uh, yeah, this is a very enjoyable coffee. But honestly, I just, you know, I drink it and I'm like, this is just a good smooth coffee yeah. and I, and I wasn't able to detect any um, other than just the flavor of coffee, I guess. Yeah, no, it's good. It's really good. I like it a lot. Yeah. So that's the Guatemala light roast. We have, we haven't had too many light roasts either. No, it's usually like a medium roast, I think. Yeah. We've, we've mostly do, done medium roasts. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, um, that's really good. Really good. Uh, I think, li- just sorry. No. I think more than any of the other coffees that we've done, I can definitely taste the chocolate in this one. Oh, really? Most. Yeah. Interesting. So. You said brownies, so I guess your palate is better than mine. <laughs> I now, I think now you're the coffee and the crime expert. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, cold brew, swift brew. Here we go. All right, cheers. Cheers. It's mm, good. It's very good. It's really good, and I don't have anything in this one because. The cream mm. that we have is powdered cream. Oh yeah, and that wouldn't go. And we don't have any milk. Right. In the so right now. you know you can't put powdered cream in cold coffee because it'll just but be like chunky. Right. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you made that decision. <laughs> but uh, it's really good, even without any. It's smooth, thing in it. right? It's really smooth. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it's got a sweetness to it, um, which is really nice. And that is kind of what you get out of. Um, the cold brew process is there's a, there's a, just a certain kind of sweetness that you're, you're not going to get it, that same type of sweetness if you brew it hot. So, mm-hmm. um, just that, that long extraction process brings, brings like a, like a syrupiness out of it. So wonderful. Ta- and, and this one actually has tasting notes of, um, 
chocolate as well. It says chocolatey and complex.、Mm. It's nice for me to know that the word chocolatey is actually a word. Sometimes I'm like、oh. typing words like that. I'm like, no, maybe I shouldn't type that. It's not a word. But, <laughs> but they just type chocolatey with, with no E. It's just T Y, chocolatey.、Huh. Um, yeah. Interesting. So,、um, this is an amazing coffee. And I hope、uh, anyone listening right now will go and check out Portland Coffee Roasters and.、Uh, And、uh, they, yeah, there's so much that they're doing. They're re- there's a lot of facets、uh, to their company.、Um, they, they do a lot of、uh, wholesaling, which at, at, that, at the level that they do it, they'll actually come alongside a coffee shop that doesn't want to deal with all the intricacies of actually doing all of the coffee sourcing and all that stuff. They just want a really good, dependable coffee that they know they can get enough of all the time. And so they.、Um, Portland will be their coffee supplier, but not only will they supply their coffee, they actually do training, in house training for all the baristas.、Um, they do the,、uh, they, they, they sell equipment on the espresso equipment on their own and they repair it when it goes bad, which that happens. I've worked at coffee shops and when an espresso machine goes down at 9 30 during a rush, it's like you need to fix that because you're losing, you're hemorrhaging money every minute by、right. not having a working espresso machine. So they really act as like a one stop. Resource, not just for the beans, but for the whole, all the facets of, of starting a coffee shop、um, for people that want to do that. And it's not, it's not at this point, I don't, I don't believe it's like a franchise thing that they do. They don't require someone to call themselves Portland, you know, but it、oh, just okay, could be、yeah. like Lewis's Coffee Shop.、Mm-hmm. And I can, I can feature Portland Coffee Roasters. And I imagine that they probably work regionally and locally. They're、sure. probably not like driving to New York to. To, to do this, but I, I don't know. I mean, the,、um, they, they're, a, they're a big company doing a lot of really cool things. And the last thing I wanted to mention about them is I'd really liked,、um, I'm going to bring up their website really quick here. And、uh, I really liked this page. It's, it's,、oh. it's called People, and, it's called, and there's a title that says Coffee Folks. And I expected when I clicked on people, I thought it was going to be like the owner and the, right, you know, all the people like, that work、yeah. there and stuff. But this is really just a description, a, a visual kind of like in pictures description of the whole coffee process. And I know、oh. we've talked about this several times on、oh, the podcast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Where we don't. We, it, it's very rare that we think about like the whole process, right, right from the dirt where the bean grows、mm-hmm. all the way to your cup. And so you see here the pruner. I, I learned a lot、um, reading through the, the short, concise descriptions of, of each person who plays a role in the coffee making process. And I, check,、uh, I encourage anyone who's listening and who wants to just. I've never seen anything this clear and concise in one page that、right. describes the whole process. So I'm, I'm I, you know, and I've, I've, trust me, I've looked at a lot of websites,、oh, yeah, a, a no, lot of coffee shops, and they really, they really nailed it with this、mm-hmm. one. So if you, if you want to、um, even just pause the podcast and learn a little bit more about coffee in, in, a, in f- 10 minutes,、um, go to portlandcoffeeroasters.com slash people. And what you see first is the pruner. And I didn't know this, like, they prune the. The coffee bush,、um, where the, where the, because if you prune the stuff that, like, some of the parts that aren't growing very well and stuff, it allows the plant to give、Does、more that energy. You need to, like, cut off, like, bad yes, parts. Exactly. Of it? Okay. okay. And, it, and, and the other thing is it keeps it from growing too high so that, you know, because you don't want a, a bush so high that people can't reach,、um, reach the, the coffee beans. This is, or the coffee cherries, I should say. This is all hand picked.、Uh, yeah. There's no, you know, we're, we're from the Midwest here where, where you have combines for harvesting corn. Um, but what I learned in this next stage of the picker is that,、um, and I just learned this today, on the coffee bush, the 
coffee cherries are not all ripe at the same time. Mm. And it's not like tomatoes where like a batch grows and then you pick right. them and a batch grows. It's like there's different ones that you have to pick at different times and you only know by looking at them which ones are ready. And so, um, yeah, this uh, on average, a coffee picker will pick 30 to 50 pounds of coffee per day during harvest, which is wow. very impressive. That's then, a lot, yeah. Then you've got the raker. This person helps the coffee dry. I and mean, you're talking about so much coffee. So, I mean, raking this stuff, you know, finding enough surface area for this stuff to dry is really a, a chore. You've got the processor taking the coffee and like getting all the cherry and the flesh off of the bean with a kind of like a, a screen um, device. You got the taster who's sitting there tasting the coffee every single batch. Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pretty fun job. All that um, uh, the roaster, obviously, and then the barista. Um, and this is another thing I learned from this little uh, page here that says barista is just the Italian word for bartender. Oh, I never knew that. I didn't know even that though I have been a barista at, at least three different coffee shops, I didn't. <laughs> Didn't know that that was what it meant. Oh, so, that's cool. So yeah, in this one little page, you can see the whole process from plant to cup of coffee brewed. Um, and I thought it was really neat that they went out of the way to kind of like um, break that down for people because it's very involved, but you can see it at a glance here. So check it out, portlandcoffeeroasters.com. Um, great coffee, great company, great cold brew and, uh, and a wonderful Guatemala that we're having as well. So yes. do, do you have any questions about... All this stuff, I know it was kind of like a, a lot of stuff. There were some pictures down below on that page. What are those pictures of? Oh, just some oh, of the, okay. their, their baristas. Oh, yeah. cool. And, nice. Yeah, and they have real pictures of the whole, since they are a direct trade company, they're always going to yeah. to the, the places, the locations where the coffee is made and they have pictures of the people oh in, oh wow um, so there's are, pictures of people at in every stage at, at every, oh, at every that's stage really cool yeah like so it's the, so there's like a cartoon kind of outline at the mm -hmm. top but then you can see if you scroll down yeah um some of the people who actually do this oh, that's neat who are, are actually to actually see the people yeah the, the this people. is you're looking at the people that pick the wow. cherries that become the coffee that you that portland um that's coffee cool. roasters uh, roasts and yeah. sells so well no you i mean your explanation of it was very good as always <laughs> i just i really like this website yeah like you mentioned like it's definitely worth you know taking a look at for sure it's very um, like concise and educational it is so very cool um there's a blog that they have that tells more like up to the minute like they, there there was there was an interview they did with one of their purchasers about the effect that the that the pandemic has had on their business and stuff like that and mm -hmm. i watched that i mean there's there's a lot going on here so, um, yeah. but I think I said, oh, and then, uh, just w part of their, one, one of the many facets of their charitable things is their holiday roast each year. They donate, uh, one entire dollar per bag sold to a school in Guatemala, oh. um, that teaches essential skills and knowledge for coffee production. So in cool. 2020, they, they donated about $10,000 to, oh, wow. to that school. That's in Guatemala. awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Yep. Well, good. Well, thank never, you. I never knew about them before. I'm very yeah. surprised that I hadn't heard of them. I know. Them. It seems like one of those companies that you would have like. I just heard I, I, It probably is because I never went to Portland. Yeah. Because usually true. when I'm in a, a city, I, I try to find out like where like the, the local coffee where and the stuff. best places to go are. Yeah. And uh, so I just hadn't been there yet. But, uh, yeah. but we will have to take our show on the road and go to Portland. Yeah. <laughs> say hi to the good folks at uh, Portland Coffee Definitely. Roasters. Oh, and the bag. This bag has like the, the little pictures of the. Oh, People the same on ones from the uh, yeah. website. Yep. Yeah, that's neat. Yep. Well, cool. Thank mm -hmm. you to Portland Coffee Roasters. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you for doing all that research and <laughs> of course. everything and making this coffee for us. You it's, are welcome. It's very good. We are going to uh, enjoy this coffee while we get into our crime. All right. <laughs> I feel like we haven't done this in a while. 
Yeah, me too. So I'm like nervous. <laughs> don't be nervous. <laughs> don't be sad. Be proud. <laughs> don't be don't be sorry. Be proud. Don't be sorry. Be proud. That's what your grandma says. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we are going to talk about uh, Grady Styles. Hmm. And you probably don't know that name. Hmm. Uh, before I started looking into you know who I wanted to do for this podcast, I had never heard of this person. Okay. Um. Oh shoot. Sorry. I totally lost my page. All that right, happens. there we go. I brought it back. <laughs> I thought I just deleted it and I was going to really be <laughs> freaking out. Okay. So uh, Grady Styles, he was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on June 26th, 1937 to uh, Grady Sr. and Edna Styles. Hmm. Now, kind of an interesting thing about this is he was born with a condition called ectrodactyly. Have you ever heard of that? I never have. Yeah, I never had either. So it's basically a condition also known as uh, split hand or split foot. Wow. And it can, so it can affect the feet and the legs as well. Mm. Um, and basically it's characterized by missing fingers or toes and then other fingers fused together. Wow. So it gives the hands kind of like a claw-like appearance or wow. the feet okay. too, if it affects a person's feet. Yeah. And there's a lot of different variations of it, you know, variations of severity yeah. of the condition. And it's a genetic condition. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty dominant. So if you have ectrodactyly, I spelled it out phonetically because there was no way I was going to be able to pronounce that. It sounds like a hard word to pronounce. Yeah. Um, your child has a 70% chance of having this condition as well. Hmm. And I found that percentage. I didn't figure it out myself because uh, I learned this weekend and I don't know how to figure out percentages. <laughs> So shout Sounds out like a long story. Shout out to our friend Joel Vanderbush for, you know, showing me the ways. <laughs> but you know you're never too old to learn something new. So <laughs> How true. I learn that all the time. All right. So it's interesting because he was the fourth generation of people in his family that were born with this condition, including his father, Grady Styles Sr., as well as his grandfather and his great-grandfather. So this condition has gone back in his family wow. quite a ways. Um, so his family took advantage of this unfortunate deformity, and they participated in a circus sideshow or freak show. Wow. And let me talk a little bit about the history of freak shows. Mm -hmm. Um and every time I say freak show or freak, I'm putting, I'm doing air quotes, if right. you could see me. Because, I right. mean, that's just not a nice thing to say right. these days. No. Um, but that's what they were called back yeah. when they were yeah. in their glory, you know. Mm -hmm. So, they were very popular in the 19th century and also in the first half of the 20th century. And they were typically made up of three categories of freaks. So, there was the self-made people who were basically people who were you know maybe covered in tattoos oh, okay things like that um there were working acts which were you know fire breathers or sword swallowers right. um and then of course there were the people that were born with some kind of deformity or condition such as you know conjoined twins or people with extra limbs or this condition that grady styles had yeah um so you know obviously not much not much was known at the time when they were popular about conditions like that, you know, so there were a lot of theories about why some people were born with these deformities. And one of them was that there was a theory that if a woman was pregnant and she saw something that scared her, that trait would appear in the baby. Oh, so wow. if she saw like a frog and it scared her, her baby would come out looking like a frog. Wow. Or, and that's actually how um, John Merrick, also known as the Elephant Man, got his name. Because yeah. they said that his mother was scared by an elephant. 
yeah. when she was pregnant. So, hmm. you know, obviously they didn't know. <laughs> so, you know, coming yeah. up with their own theories. Um, so as medical science advanced and people discovered the reasons behind, you know, behind these conditions, freak shows began to lose popularity. Yeah. Because people felt bad for, you know, gawking at these poor people. And there began a movement to shut them down. And I believe this kind of started around like maybe like the late 1930s or 1940s. Okay. So right around the time time that Grady is born. Yeah, exactly. Because he was born in the late 30s. Okay. So, and the funny thing is, and I didn't know this, and this is something that I found um, looking into this, the performers in these shows, they were not happy with this movement to shut it down. This was their job. This was their job. Yeah. They enjoyed performing. They had a community of people who understood they had, them. They had fans, really. They had fans. Which and they is were, weird to think about. They were making really good money. Wow. Really good money. So, Interesting. You know, a lot of the people in this <laughs> industry, yeah, they were treated well. They were paid well. Um, you know, and obviously I can't speak for all of them because there were these types of shows all sure. over the U.S. So, yeah. you know, you I'm sure of, it varied. But, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, P.T. Barnum you know, known of Barnum and yep, Bailey. Yep. So in the, I, I believe it was starting in like the 1840s, somewhere around there, he had, or maybe a little bit after that, um, he had several types of these acts and he had two museums dedicated to these performances. And by all accounts, he really loved these people that performed for him. Huh. And he respected them. They had good relationships and he paid them really, really well. Um, the performers in his shows were making equivalent to what a lot of pro athletes make today. Are you serious? Yeah. Like they were millionaires? Yes. <sighs> That's crazy. And of course this is... And here the NBA is starting and they're making like the equivalent of 10000 per yeah. year or something. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, you know... Wow. This is P.T. Barnum. So he was one of the, you know, he had like the biggest show yeah, in no, the it U.S. Was, and stuff. It was so, a I mean, huge yeah. deal. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Because I mean, I never wow. really, I didn't really know that. I kind of always saw these and I was like, these poor people, maybe they're just like, they're against their will. Sure, but hostages. It, it, yeah, but it really doesn't seem like they were. Not in every case. Anymore. No. Um, at Chang and Ang, I don't know if you've heard of them. They were uh, famous conjoined twins. Okay. Um, and they were actually performers in his show. They were connected at the sternum. Wow. And they would have been easy to separate today, they said, because they shared no major organs. Sure. But because this was back in the, you know, 1840s or right. 18, late 1800s, um, they couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, but they both got married, and in total, between the two of them, they had 21 children. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you can imagine how that works. Imagine is the key <laughs> word. It's like, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, so, they were able to, you know, comfortably support their enormous Being family. so wealthy, Yeah, exactly. So, it's just yeah. kind of shows, so, you know. What, just tell me um, an example of what the income, the annual income for one of these people would be that um, was equivalent to like a pro athlete nowadays. So, they, I'm trying to think, one of the guys, and I, I did like a, a calculation thing, but, and it didn't, there wasn't a lot of examples of like what individual people made. Okay. But uh, one of the guys I looked up, he was making like $4,000 a week. Okay. Um, which and even that, now is and, pretty good, <laughs> and that was in like the yeah. So that's that's a lot of money. late eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So he would have been a millionaire. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Definitely. 
Um, wow, so, I've already learned so much yeah. about this um, world that I never that I you know it's it's you, I, I saw the Elephant Man movie when I was a kid. Right. It's very it's extremely sad, and obviously yeah. they don't try to glamorize any part of what. In fact, that movie was probably part of a movement against that whole circus. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, freak show um, mentality. But uh, I wonder when. Do you know when that movie was made? I don't. Look that up. I don't. Um. Yeah. Uh, there was a newer one too, uh, but but there's an old black and white one that I saw that was just really sad. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, I I thank you for doing all this research about yeah. this stuff. So I, I I I still am at a loss of knowing like where the crime is. Well, come from. well, you'll see. I just I'll, wanted to, I wanted to give you a little background. No, that's on the, that's helpful. Um, thank you. But so, like I was saying, the performers you know pushed back against this movement. Yeah. Um, and you have to remember too that back in these days, a lot of like people with these types of conditions and stuff, they didn't have a lot of other options. Yep. You know, it wasn't like today with like, you know, people with disabilities, you know, are treated the same as everybody right. else. Right. Um, so unfortunately, a lot of these people probably would have ended up in institutions or hospitals. Yeah. Um, so for a lot of them, and this was really was the best situation, you know, so um, these acts began to shut down in the last half of the 20th century um, because they weren't, the main reason really was that they weren't they were no longer economical to maintain so you were housing people you were paying for insurance mm. and then especially given the fact that so many people began to see these shows as you know inhumane and exploitation yeah you know you're losing yep, yep. audience and you know it's getting more expensive to maintain so right. a lot of them shut down so a few still remain today although they're mostly made up of you know self-made freaks people who have you know tattoos covering their entire body or working acts people you know fire breathers and that yeah, kind of thing yeah. um but it's kind of funny like the fact that it's always been human nature to kind of want to peek into the obscure and be shocked yeah. by stuff and you kind of see that today even with like reality shows uh, yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i don't see a big difference between reality TV. Yeah, like Jerry and, Springer and yeah, and 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 a uh, and something that you know would have been in the in someone would find deplorable now in in a, in a circus sideshow where someone's being made fun of because I mean, in both cases the person is there of their own accord and you're really kind of just I mean you're 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 being entertained at the brokenness of someone else. You know, right, exactly. For, I, in, yeah. in one case, it's the in the earlier case, it's their appearance, which is more simple. It's like, wow, I can't believe right. like that deformity they have. But, but in reality, TV, you know, and it, um, it's it's more of like a social shock where we're like, I can't believe that he said that to her. I can't believe that you know she would stay with him if he did this. I can't believe how young she was when she got pregnant. Like, right, right. Uh, it's all it's it's still human shock a show yeah and i don't know what they're making um i doubt that they're millionaires to be honest although maybe a couple I think of it them depends. are yeah but uh i don't i don't see a big difference between those two things and so yeah i mean um, it still satisfies that like curiosity yeah that we all have to some degree but but no one is no one is that i know of is railing against reality tv right, right now yeah. and, and, and saying oh this is wrong i mean everyone's just kind of like eating popcorn and watching it. right yeah so it's almost like we kind of choose our 
weird yeah. <laughs> social fetishes, entertain, <laughs> entertainment fetishes. Yeah. Um, and then after a while, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised 50 years from now if people are like, oh, I can't believe they like were like in someone's house showing their like domestic dispute right. on TV and like and, watching like, the cops exploiting come in. their like, you know, mental illnesses. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's full of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's extremely unhealthy. And we, but no one would be watching unless it was unhealthy. Because, exactly. like, I mean, yeah, who wants to watch some like stable, well rounded person living their life? Exactly. Yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> I want to see a train wreck. Oh, I want to see a dumpster fire. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. It's, it's totally a, a different version of the same thing, the way I see it. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So let's get back to talking about <laughs> Grady Styles, which is the whole point of this yeah. podcast. So um, Grady began performing in this show at the age of seven, mm. and he was known as Lobster Boy, <laughs> which is really sad. And yeah, this would have been around 1944. Um, and his so his family performed together. Wow, you know. And uh, let me actually show you a photo of him. I had I pulled it up of okay. him when he was a child. And, you know, we'll put a picture up when we post our, uh, you know. Wow. Yeah. So how old is he? He's maybe 10 here? He Probably, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he was born with a really severe form of the condition. Like yeah, his, yeah. his legs were completely, you know, they were, he couldn't use his legs at all. Yeah. Um. So, growing up, he had two older sisters named Margaret and Sarah. Now, Margaret was born without the condition, um, but she passed away as a teenager from a brain aneurysm. Hmm. And then um, his sister Sarah, like Grady, was born with a very severe form of the condition. Yeah. So, Grady could not walk, like I said, and he used a wheelchair. And because of that, he actually developed a lot of upper body strength. Hmm. Obviously, using a wheelchair, that happens. And he would also get around by pulling himself around on the floor hmm. using his arms. Wow. Yeah, and he w- he learned how to do a lot of things, you know, with his hands the way they were and he kind of you know was able to you know interesting pretty much you know do everything that anybody else could do yeah so the family would perform and they were they would tour in these circus shows and then they would spend their off season in gibsonton florida so that was kind of like their you know they went there to relax on the off season so when grady was 19 um he actually i think i'm sorry i have i don't have his age in here I think I meant to put that in and then I forgot. So (laughs) I don't know exactly how old he was. I think he was young. I think he was like in his maybe early 20s. But he met a 19-year-old woman named Mary. Okay. Now, Mary had run off when she was a teenager to join the circus. Hmm. And what did she want to do? So she could not be in the sideshow because she, you know, didn't have, you know, a condition. But she became a staff member. Okay. Yeah. So it's funny to hear someone like running away to join the circus. Yeah. Because like you hear that expression, but like this, like she actually did right. that. Right. <laughs> that was, it used to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that expression had to come from somewhere. Right. Um. So Grady was, you know, they fell in love. He was sweet and he was kind to her and she really, you know, they, the two fell in love quickly and they got married and had children, Kathy, Donna, and Grady Styles the third. Hmm. So Kathy and Grady, the youngest one, were both born with a condition as their father. Yeah. So they both had the, you know, elect electrodactyly. Ectra ectra something. Yeah. I'll have to go back up in my 
Ectodactyly? Ectrodactyly. Ectrodactyly. Okay. So, yeah, so his his daughter Kathy and his son Grady were both born with this condition. And they would, so he would perform with his children in these circus sideshows and they would perform together under the name The Lobster Family. Wow. So him and his two young children would perform. And it's kind of sad because like I saw pictures of him with his children. Yeah. And you see his daughter sitting there and she just looks sad, mm. you know? Yeah. So Grady made uh, fifty to $80,000 per season, wow. which th- this would have been like in the late 60s. Okay. So, and this was when he was an adult and he had his family and stuff. Right. So doing the... Uh, inflation calculation that's roughly half a million dollars today so i mean they were doing really well yeah doing this do do you know like did you see any or like read anything about like what the act was like like what did they um i saw a brief video of it on youtube and he was well one of the things that he toured with another sideshow attraction called the fat boy which was basically a guy that was just really big wow um, and they would basically just sit and people would come and So it wasn't like they them. had some kind of routine or a No, skit. I mean, not that I saw. They weren't really like doing like tricks or anything. People just would stare at their... Yeah, and they and he would say stuff like, um, like when Grady was, you know, sitting up there, he would talk to the crowd and he yeah. would say, you know, yeah, one of the things he said was like, it was really sad. It was like talk, like referring to himself and his kids as monsters Wow, and stuff, which is like... Yeah, you know, I mean, this was his. This is what he did to make a living, but it's just like, right. I mean, you you have to think about what kind of effect that had on his kids. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just really sad. Um, but so his daughter Kathy, like I mentioned, um, you know, she was always put on display for this show, mm. and that's something that she really resented deeply yeah. as she grew up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also that's kind of where that the ethical dilemma of this comes in right. is that, you know, when you're putting children who have no choice, mm-hmm. you know, in that position. So, and you know, and that probably had a really profound effect on Grady as a child as well. Yeah. You know, his family, you know, making him perform mm-hmm. in this. So, yeah. So let's see. So Grady, Sorry. I keep losing my place. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, so, Grady and his wife Mary's relationship quickly turned sour, I guess I want to say. Um, or Grady, soon after they got married? Yeah, I mean, I think it pretty quickly because Grady was an alcoholic. Mm. He liked to drink. And when he would get drunk, he would get extremely violent. Wow. And remember, he had extremely, like, good upper body strength yeah so he he would attack his wife he would attack his children um Mm. at one point his daughter kathy i think she was a teenager at this point she was pregnant and he attacked her and he beat her so bad that she actually went into labor like into early labor and her baby ended up being fine but i mean he was just a very violent Mm. angry person he doesn't look violent at all in that picture. No, I mean, he looks he like a, a little sweet little boy. boy but yeah, yeah, so I mean, this was just... And so at first, you know, several years, he would, you know, beat and abuse his entire family. Hmm. So in 1973, um, after a particularly violent attack on his wife, and, you know, I'm not going to tell the details of this attack because mm. it's just really 
messed up. Um, uh, I mean, you can look it up or you can ask me about it in person. Okay. But, you know, depending on who you are, I may not even tell you. <laughs> so just look it up. Wow. Um, so after this, Mary decided to leave Grady and she went on to marry another man named Harry Newman. And he was also a circus performer. Hmm. Um, and eventually she had a son with him named Harry Newman Jr. And Grady actually went on to remarry a woman named Barbara Browning. So the two have divorced. They've moved on. So in 1978, um, Grady's 16-year-old daughter, Donna, was planning on marrying a boy named Jack Lane. And Jack was 18. And Donna, you know, had lived with her abusive father for years. And I think she was just at this point where she wanted to get away from him, you know, which is why she was 16 and trying Mm -hmm. to get married. And Grady was really against this marriage. And, um, you know, Donna told him that she was going to be with Jack, whether he liked it or not. And so Grady would make numerous threats against Jack. And the night before the wedding, Grady actually invited Jack to come over to have a talk with him. Mm-hmm. And so, sorry, <laughs> this is terrible. I can't get it together today. Um, so when they came over to, or when Jack came over to talk to Grady, he stood up to him and he told him his intentions that he was going to marry Donna and Grady shot him with a shotgun and killed him. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, Grady Styles was arrested and he confessed to the murder, although he said it was self-defense, mm. which by all accounts, it, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and he ended up being convicted of third degree murder and sentenced to 15 years probation. So he didn't actually serve a prison sentence. And the reason for that was because the prison at that time was not equipped to care for somebody in his condition. And especially at this time, um, his health had been declining, you know, aside from his, you know, physical condition. What year is this again? Um, This was in 1978. Okay. Yeah. So in 1989, um, Mary, who was Grady's previous wife, Mm -hmm. um, they reunited so by this time, Grady and his wife, Barbara, had divorced. I'm sure Barbara left oh, him because same stuff. of a lot of reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Mary comes back to him and the, she forgives him and the two remarried. Weird. Which is super weird because at this point, he had been extremely abusive to her and her kids and he had killed somebody <laughs> and she's back with him. So wow. yeah, I don't know. But shortly after they remarried, Grady began his violent tendencies once again and started beating and sexually assaulting Mary. Wow. So by 1992, Mary was sick of it and she was afraid. 92? 92, yeah. Wow. So that's a long time. Yeah. So they were remarried for about three years. Okay, yeah. Um, Yeah. So she was, you know, she was tired of it and she was afraid for her family and she decided to do something about it. So by this time, her son from her second marriage um, was an adult, and he was also performing in a in the sideshow as a human blockhead, where he would drive nails into his head and his face. And I actually wa- okay, I watched a video of this, <laughs> and there was this like older man who used to be in like a um, circus sideshow. Yeah. And he was demonstrating it. And basically, he took this big, long nail and, like, hammered it into his nose. Like, up his nose. There's no stuff behind the curtain here it's like actually yeah no this was he was just sitting doing an interview oh. nailing and I, I don't know if they would like nail nails into their ears or oh. other <laughs> orifices yes. i don't know but um yeah it was it was really gross 
Wow. Like I couldn't even, I could hardly yeah. watch it. It was so yeah. disgusting. Um, so yeah, that's what a human blockhead is. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And this is what Junior is, has been doing. Yeah, in, this is what uh, Mary's son, Harry yeah. Junior, yeah. has been up to. Wow. Nailing nails in his face. So she and her son, Mary and her son, they end up hiring a 17-year-old circus performer named Chris Wyant uh, to kill Grady. Hmm. And they paid him $1,500, which isn't a whole lot. Not in the 90s, no. No. But I mean, this kid was like 17 years old, so he probably thought this was... Oh, right. Oh, heck yeah. Get a car. (laughs) Yeah. Get a nice... uh, Pinto or yeah. something that was popular in the early 90s. So on November 29th, 1992, Grady Styles was at home in the trailer that he shared with his family. He was sitting on the couch watching TV and Chris Wyant entered the trailer and shot Grady three times in the head, killing him. Mm. Uh, Grady at this point was 55 years old. Mm. And I found this out, or I found this out as I was kind of researching this. People really at this point, like, Nobody in the town liked Grady. Oh. I mean, everybody just thought he was this horrible person because he had killed this guy. They knew he had abused his family. Yeah. And only 10 people came to his funeral, mm. which is crazy. Um, so Mary, Chris, and Harry were all arrested and they were convicted. Um, Mary received 12 years in prison. Chris Wyant received 27 years. And Harry Newman, who had actually hired... Uh, Chris Wyant received a life sentence. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So Kathy, his daughter, and Grady Styles the third, and these were the two children that were both born with the deformity. Yeah. Um, they were actually, and I don't know why this is, but they were estranged for a long time, and they were recently reunited on a show on AMC called Freak Show. <laughs> which, and I've never seen this show, so I don't really know. Yeah. I'm assuming they just. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, they were featured on the show. It was like five years ago and they reunited and were trying to mend their relationship. So Mm. hopefully, you know, that happened, you know, because I mean, it seems like they both lived a really weird childhood, you know, and I think they were just resentful of that and resentful of their father. And so, yeah. Mm. So that's the story of Grady Styles. Wow. Two crimes in one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't think we've done one like this. Mm-mm. No, it's With a first. like somebody get kill someone and then they like get yeah. murdered. I didn't even know that circuses were doing that kind of thing up to that point. Yeah, I, I know. I didn't know that went into the, I mean, obviously it dwindled off. It didn't just stop one day, but right. I, I didn't realize that it was in into the 60s. Right. I mean, it was becoming less and less, but yeah, yeah I mean, they, they still existed. Yeah. You know? Wow. Right. So why did the woman get a sentence? Uh, Mary? Yeah. Because she had con- uh, conspiracy. How, how did they prove that? How did the Well, prosecution- you know, and I tried to find more details about this. There weren't a ton. But I think what happened was that uh, they arrested Chris Wyant. Mm. You know, obviously somebody oh, probably saw him. And then he gave yeah, them up. Yeah, okay. He started singing like a little singing canary. Like a bird. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously, you know, Cause, he, yeah, because he got a lesser sentence than the right. Guy he that got hired him. right. He got twenty seven years, and plus he was seventeen at the time. So, so I think still, that yeah, yeah, get out of prison when you're third forty, right? Um, four and then or three and then uh, just start over. But I mean, it's crazy that like Grady Styles was so abusive. He murdered 
hmm. his daughter's fiance and he gets no time. Right. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, I've, yeah. But the whole story is very sad. It is sad. It's, you know, because yeah. I mean, you have to imagine what kind of a weird effect performing like that as a child had on Grady Styles. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if you're an adult and you make that decision to join the Put nails circus in your show or whatever. <laughs> accord, yeah, yeah. But to make a child do it. Yeah. You know, it's just it's probably pretty damaging. Yeah. So, yeah. Any other questions or? Um, what about the family of the of the boy that he shot? Were they ever trying to get his sentence like to actually be? You know, I'm sure, but I, I couldn't find anything hmm. about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I, I'm sure. I'm sure people were outraged that he didn't get yeah. any time. And I think yeah. that was part of the reason why the community right. was that so against him. Long standing right. bitterness for not justice not really being served. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well that's fascinating. Yeah. I have never heard of any of that and I learned not only about the case but a little about the whole circus culture of the nineteen Yeah. Like the early twentieth and and nineteenth uh, centuries. There so. was a uh, movie made in uh, I think it was nineteen thirty two. It was called Freaks. Okay. And it was about like this, and I, I've never seen the movie before. I've yeah. always wanted to, hmm. um, but it actually featured people who were actually performing at that time. Wow. They were in this movie. Wow. Oh, they were actors in the yeah, movie? Yeah, yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, huh. I would like to see it. Yeah. It seems interesting, but I also heard that even at that time when that movie came out, which was in the early 30s, people were kind of like, oh, is this... Oh, yeah. Should we, we, should should we? we be watching this? Yeah, you know? right. You shouldn't be watching it. Shouldn't be watching. <laughs> Watch it at home when no one else is there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I was gonna say something else, and I don't remember. Um, but yeah, well, that's but, quite the story. Yeah. Thank you for your coffee research. Thank, Thank you to you. Portland Coffee Ro- yes. Roasters for sending us two awesome coffees. Um and. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we will look forward to seeing everybody next week. Um, in addition to doing a live video and then also um, giving away one more coffee mug, um, we're going to kind of do a run through and it might be a little longer episode, but that's okay. We know there's not a time limit on this podcast. We're going to kind of do a quick um, review of all the coffees that we did for our for our whole first season. So we're yeah. just going to like quick do mention, mention people and kind of like, and um and uh, we are going to do like a coffee, a brand new coffee that we got sent from uh, a great place in New York. But um, but yeah, in addition to that, we're just going to kind of do quick uh, uh, based on the recommendation of one of our one of our fans. We're going to we're going to go over all the coffees from the from the past season. So that so that if you've missed uh, coffee or if, you know, it might pique your interest to think like, oh, man, I want to go back and, and hear about this coffee in episode six or something like that. Yeah. But um but yeah, it's going to be quite a quite an action-packed um, episode, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. And uh, until then, I guess we, what do we say? We'll take our coffee with... With crime. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> See you next time, All right, everybody. thank you.